I'm an insane sexual shadow witch and my name is Lacey Free and I'm the fucking host of Horpod. And it's just wild that like our idols can die. Like our gods they can will. shift. Yeah. It's not that they can, they will. And like death is a really um important thing. I think that's it's an understatement, but like it serves a function for the living more than the dead, right? That's an important thing to understand. Like dead people are probably like, man, that living, what? that's crazy. That's what a crazy thing when that happens again. But like when yeah. we're alive, the death part, <laughs> primarily because there's so much fear and uncertainty around it, um, understandably, you know, it's a mystery. That's what can, and whenever there's a mystery, there can be a lot of things. There can be hope, there can be expectations, there could be uh, fear, curiosity, all of these things. But, you know, it, that's a good thing. That's what we like to do is place ourselves in mysteries. Um, and death is always going to be one of those things as long as you're alive that is looming, right? It, it is going to happen. I mean, I saw this the other day, my five-year-old, like he understands death. He says dying, but like sometimes you can really see him think about like, holy shit, everyone's going to die. Like that's fucking nuts. And I remember being a kid and thinking one night about that. And like, you know, it freaks you out because it's like, what the fuck? Like, what do you, what does that even mean? Like, so it's, it's this big thing that is, is a part of every living sentient being. Um, it doesn't have to be scary. I think people should be careful about feeling they've transcended the fear of death because I think that really is only tested at one moment and that's your death. So like, yeah. you know, it's, you want to have like a light playful relationship with it. I feel like most things that's probably the best course of action. It doesn't mean it's not serious stuff or it doesn't have ramifications, but um, it's, yeah. yeah. I keep hearing from my guides, what am I supposed to do with this feeling in my body? Like when there's a lot of feeling in my body, I don't like to let it sit there. I like yeah. to either physically move and let it move through me or cry or scream or dance, you know, or write a dorky poem just to like move get the energy. It. Yeah. Yeah. And what I hear my guides say right now is like worship in this time of passing. And by worshiping, you're accentuating the magic and healing. And the magic and healing that this teacher of mine brought, that energy 
isn't dead. That energy cannot be destroyed. And I think that's like, as this old world's dying and this new world is being created, a lot of people feel called to art in a new way. And art is creation energy. When the destruction comes in or death comes in, I think we have this natural notion in our body to create, whether that's like sexual energy to want to procreate or create art or build something new. A lot of people like went out and bought wood during the pandemic, you know, and we're just fucking building sheds in their backyard just to, to build. And I think that's such a beautiful thing about our humanity that need to build when there's death. Because it's that cycle, right? It's the birth and rebirth cycle that is playing out. I think that's basically like when you talk about new worlds coming in and old ones dying, this is, that's life. That's what living is literally. That's what's happening. We can't perceive all of the ways it's happening, but even in our own bodies, like every moment is a complicated symphony of like parts moving together to create a being who is capable of even having these discussions and navigating the world. There's so much rebirth and death at every moment um, that it's inconceivable, truthfully. I I think we kind of like phase in and out of awareness of this. And the more awareness you have of the impermanence of what we would call life, I mean, I think this is the Buddhists did a really good job with this stuff is like, it's just, you see a little bit through the cracks and the illusions and it's, initially and can last even forever scary that's a scary thought right it's not so great to know that maybe this is all very tenuous difficult thing to string together but it's also very beautiful and you should ultimately i would hope come to the conclusion that you should be very grateful that this is even possible um let alone to be appreciated so that's usually a good function of death. I think even people like I noticed this, like I got COVID and it was fine. It was no big deal. And then I just got this cold that my five-year-old picked up like a few weeks ago. And this shit has been brutal. Like I lost my voice. Today is the first day that I have any semblance of a normal voice. Like I lost it. I did record a podcast last week. I couldn't put it out because I couldn't do the intro because I had no voice. You know, the feeling of like when you're sick and like, you can't even imagine being well. And then you're kind of towards the end of it. Like I am now and you're like, oh my God, Like, I remember what being well feels like. I'm going to appreciate every day that I feel well to the maximum degree. And then maybe it's like three or four days and then you just go right back into like whatever shit you're dealing with. But like that, if you can kind of hold on or remember the appreciation of just being alive and we tend to focus on things that aren't going great because we want to like make them better. Hopefully we can have the ability to do that, but you don't want to get too focused on like problems and miss sight that like most of the time, like we're incredibly lucky and fortunate to have any type of existence, let alone one that could be, you know, good. So it's that gratitude has a big part to do with all of this. And I find that gratitude also can cut through grief, not that it needs to be something that's eliminated, but like can show you a path through grief or uncertainty where it's like, okay, well, you know what? I do think we ultimately are in charge of our moment of death. It's not prescribed to us by some like beings like, you're going to die then, you're going to die then. I think these are choices that we are making um, ultimately. And, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that I think is, is going to become more clear probably long after we're dead, but how there is more, um, I don't say control, it's the wrong word, but like 
you can kind of tune into the moment of your death. You know what I mean? You can kind of like, you can play around with some of these things. Don't fight it. Don't try to manipulate. Don't try to control or conceive. Or but why would that be something that we couldn't ultimately have some modulation over? That's what I yeah, think. I totally agree. I don't believe in coincidence. I think there is a sort of divine roadmap, but sometimes our physical self that's walking the earthly plane might be a little confused as sometimes, to like, like all the what, time. Yeah. <laughs> what our higher self is choosing, but. I keep hearing like celebrate in the death, like even in the death, there's so much to be celebrated in. And that's what winter solstice is. It's literally celebrating the darkest time, literally celebrating the energy of the crone witch, the death energy. And you celebrate the death so that you can make room for what's to come for that birth. Right. And spring, spring comes around and it always yeah. I mean... I think reality is getting so fucking on point on the nose when people are more connected with the land. Like, that's what happened, right? When the winter rolls around, if you have a winter place, that ain't good. It's not a good thing for people's survival rate. It's much more difficult to grow things, to live, to create warmth, to get food. Like, it's not even for just animals in the world. So it makes sense. We can only immunize ourselves so much against that with modern conveniences and uh, advances, which I am a fan of, many of them. But like, this is the cycle. Now, luckily, things get brighter, right? Since the winter solstice, that marks the darkest period. So we're past it. Exactly. Yeah. It's the time of the birth of the sun. We're calling in that bright sun energy. And within that, I've been thinking a lot about ascension and what does it mean to truly ascend? And I keep having these pretty psychedelic visions that I have to be careful explaining because I go way off the woo deep end. But I have this psychedelic vision where I see the earth literally ascending right now and that the there's so much talk of this separation of earth energy and galactic energy. And as a witch, I consider the earth energy feminine energy and creative energy and the galactic as masculine, the sun as masculine, the father archetype energy of construction. And that essentially everyone walking the earthly plane has this sort of like orphan wound because our mom and dad got divorced. The sun and the earth had this like extreme divorce. And we have this like son father archetype where we've all been sent to live with dad, to worship dad. And then his son, our sibling was killed for our sins. And then dad's like, the earth doesn't matter. That's pagan ritual. That doesn't matter. So basically the father archetype's been talking shit about our mom the whole time. We've watched the earth be abused and mistreated. And when the earth is abused and mistreated, like if our mother's abused and mistreated and we're kids, we don't see abuse and mistreatment as external to ourselves. Like if you're a kid and you see your parents fighting, just on a psychological level, you start blaming yourself because you're not yet separated from them. In a way, we're not totally separate from the earth and the sun, but we're taught about this illusion of separateness. And in this illusion of separateness, we get strange guilt around the 
the earth. Like, oh, I did this to her. I contributed to global warming and now she's burning. But in this ascension, it's like the sun is ascending up to move with the masculine. And there, this illusion of separateness is dying. It's falling away. And more of our masculine and our feminine is being integrated in everyday society, in our own bodies with emotions. Sorry, that was a lot. No, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm thinking about what you're saying. Like, yeah, I mean, I think we're always trying as beings to establish that harmony between those energies. Those energies mean masculine, feminine, light and dark, good and bad, whatever the polarities are. It's the cross we bear in duality, right? And this is what a lot of the Christ metaphor is about, about being like nailed down to reality and pinned. And we have this tendency to want to be with our I father. I never thought of that, Noah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of weird shit. I did a, a couple of years ago, I think, um, a lot of Christ stuff um, around Christmas and like the the significance. Neville Goddard had some really interesting shit to say about that. And a lot of it has to do with like ancient um, mystery religions and just like it's it's not an isolated school of thought. There's a lot of like weird shit, believe it or not, with the mysteries embedded in religions, obviously. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of like, we want that balance and harmony. We long to be with the father, our creator, right? This thing. And that doesn't mean masculine. It just means like that is the oneness, the unity. And we are not imprisoned like some people believe, but we are incarnated and birthed into, yeah, I mean, Mother Earth. It is a feminine archetype. I mean, anyone who's watched birth, like you understand, like, oh yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Birth and earth, here we go. So I, I think that is a natural desire, probably one of the strongest to seek that harmony. I don't even want to see equilibrium or balance that doesn't feel right. It's just the harmony, the right relationship between those energies. I think that's a really, I don't want to say tough, but it's a big thing to calibrate that successfully as we move through time and space with emotions and feelings and injustices, you know, whatever yeah. it is, it's, it's, it's a tough needle to thread. Nevertheless, I think that is what we're doing. The more we can interiorly, I don't know about that, uh, can kind of harmonize those energies inside of us, we then will see that reflected outside in aggregate. I think we're probably still in those tumultuous years. I feel like people who are alive during this period of time are in a very blessed and unique vantage point for really beginning to see the connection between their consciousness and external reality. I in, a, yeah. in a way that like some, this has been around forever. This is not like an indigenous people who had no, you know, conception of externalized concepts, you know, outside of their tribe also probably were very aware of this, but now we have both ends of those perspectives and still have the luxury of kind of like seeing through this stuff. Um, that's awesome, but it's also like very overwhelming. And I've learned that I've gone through enough cycles of life that appreciate the downtimes, appreciate the times where you're just being a person embedded in regular 3D, whatever you want to call it, reality, and enjoying watching The Sopranos. Like, you know, like just whatever it is, like have that moment. You'll never lose that connection and relational ability to tie it into a grander, or more mystical viewpoint. But um, that I do feel like there is this clear awareness shift 
that's getting like pitched up where people are like, yeah, we got some like individual and collective work to do with related to our own traumas, but like also just like, how do we figure this shit out if we're the only person in the world? I know that sounds kind of like we're not, don't worry. There's other people. We're very kind to each other, but like self-reliance is important in a lot of ways. If you don't have the ability to trust your intuition on a fundamental level, um, you're going to be like in for a very rough ride, especially now, because as we can see, like there's not a lot of consensus out there, period. Just not. So yeah, I do think we're ascending, but I think it's like a very roller coastery up and down, you know, stepwise, some steps back, some steps forward. And I don't know. I don't, I'm very optimistic as I'm sure you can guess, but I also like, I don't know. My, my reality tends to reflect back my state of consciousness pretty well. (laughs) I don't know if that goes for anyone else, probably, but like pretty well. Like I, I often feel in tune with that kind of stuff. And I'd like to say that there's been a lot of progress, at least in my personal awareness, that's encouraging for me. And I feel like my totally. Yeah. I don't think reality is real at all. Like no. I, like there was a second, sometimes I think we get so deep into the magic. Since I found you guys, like since I found Jessa and Ramin and like started doing this podcast, nothing has been real. <laughs> you know, I like, it feels like instant manifestation of wherever my mind goes. And I've been so lucky to be surrounded by magic beans and do readings for two years. But sometimes when we're totally in a magical realm or in a situation we manifested, we we peer out our window and see reality from a distance. And when we see what others are calling reality from a distance, it can start to look really real. And when I looked at it from far away, I was like, oh, reality's real. And I, what I'm doing is fake. And what if I'm full of shit? Yeah. What if I shouldn't do, do any of this? You know? And then I told myself, what if I need a job? And see, when you ask the- Oh, universe, you're real fucked up. When you start thinking <laughs> you need a job, that's when like you, those demons be on you. You need to get them off real quick. <laughs> it's so real. And the thing about the universe- is that it doesn't understand when you ask questions. So I asked the universe, should I get a job? And the universe heard, here is a job. Yeah, it's true. So I did it because I wanted this false sense of security. And I got a job in the blockchain. And immediately- In the blockchain, I love that. You're (laughs) in the blockchain now. Uh, Yep, I got a job. I have zero prerequisites for it, Noah. And I didn't lie to get the job. What is the job? (laughs) Um, I, what do they call it? I'm a director of product management and brand consulting for an agency of blockchain companies. So I amazing. It's stupid. Reality means nothing. That's amazing. You've created like a like a stock. Like if you made up a job that like you just were like, hey, what's a job that sounds like a job, but they'll actually pay me for it? That's it. <laughs> That's amazing. It's, it's not real at all. Um, 
but it, the first few weeks I was starting to believe it was really real. And I was like trying to work hard and like, yeah, wedding. And it's so stupid. Like these blockchain companies come and sit with me and I give them advice on their coin. I give them advice on their website, their messaging, and they listen to me. I was amazing. Previous to that, I was doing this, running Horror Pod and doing readings. Before that, a strip club. Before that, a doula in a hospital. Um, It's just none of it makes sense. And... I was working with these guys and I had to go to this like retreat with them where we all like got together IRL and stayed in an Airbnb. And the first thing the boss did in the morning was pull out Oracle cards. Dope. <laughs> but, but don't get me wrong. Like I took some of my wounds with me to this timeline. I jumped and like, even though it's like fascinating and interesting, I still see some of my wounds popping out. Like I told the universe, I want to work somewhere where they instantly see me as family, where I have a new place to live. And right away, the owner of the company's like, you're my family. I want to buy you a house. It sounds great, but witches say always be specific on what you're manifesting. Oh, yeah. And that there's sort of like a price for everything. Yeah. Um, sacrifice comes from the word sacred and sometimes when something's sacred or we sacredly manifest we don't always realize what might have to die in us or what we might have to sacrifice and you as just, soon as they started offering me no, go, as go. soon as they started offering these things i was like no 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 no! i just want to be a witch <laughs> i don't really want a job in the blockchain i just want to learn the codes of it right now i think i'm like or at least this is what I tell myself, that I'm sort of like a spiritual voyeur, like, or a voyeur of humanity. And to be a storyteller, we must be able to get into the rooms and sit at the tables where we don't necessarily belong. Like one company I'm working for is ran by Oxford professors who are starting a privacy company for ETH layer two. And, and like, Three smart. months ago, I couldn't tell you what layer two was. I'm yeah. glad that you know what layer two is. We can talk <laughs> about ZK Rollups, fucking, uh, fucking optimistic. We, we got, I, I can go for days on this shit. Yeah, I'm, you would love this company. I've thought about you a million times since doing this. It's fun. And you're, yeah, and it's fun to know that you can literally manifest yourself into any room, yeah. but you're still responsible for yourself once you get there. Oh, so yeah. Some of my old wounds and insecurities are still showing up in it, but then I quickly remember reality isn't fucking real. Like it started to feel really real the other day, and then they were, and they're constantly throwing random meetings on me because it's a total fake business. You know how Tim Dillon talks about fake business? Of course. You know, of course. That? I very much know. I I want him to know about this company so bad because it's literally the yeah, fakest thing is, ever. This is everything has always been this. It's just now so much money has moved into uh, cryptocurrency. It's absurd that this is the natural evolution of it until there are enough people who are just like, all right, I want to 
do this, I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to learn, like, it's good there are consultants and people who can educate people. I mean, that's a very critical role. And it's a job that people should be getting paid for, to be clear. So I'm happy to hear that you you have that. But yeah, I mean, like all this stuff, like, people don't want to know really what like is actually, it's not a bad thing. It's not like you don't want to know how the sausage is made because it's so disgusting in this case. It's just like, it's, it will quickly, the idea of money and whatever value it's nonsense. It's literally nonsense. Everything we believe is just stacked upon and predicated in our belief in it. That's it. That's the whole thing. It's a elaborate Ponzi where everyone just agrees to agree that this is something that we believe in. And we're seeing that being shaken up right now because people in their lives, I can never believe you would believe that. I can never believe you're the type of person who would think that. I can't believe you have that opinion. Like that's happening more and more because people are like, wait a second, like maybe there's not this consensus view of what's going on and we're just going to buy into it without questioning it all of the time. And that yeah. it creates friction, but the friction is good. It creates tension. The tension propels us up. I would just say like the most important thing, don't get bent out of shape about too many things. You can get bent out of shape about a few things, but not too many things because then you won't fit into the same places that you could fit before energetically. You'll be in this weird contorted version of yourself that's not allowed in like the cool places that you probably want to go. Because like no one wants someone who's bent out of shape all the time. It sucks. It's a shitty vibe. Like when I'm bent out of shape and it happens, trust me, I'm aware that this is not fun. Like, this is not entertaining. This is like, maybe it was a movie and I was watching like Daniel Day-Lewis play some disgruntled person. I'd like it, but it's not cool when other people do it. So like, you know, it's, it's a, just try to form your own opinions on what reality is. I think a very simple and easy thing to do for anyone is to just imagine what it would be like. That's it. What is the thing you want? What would you like to experience? How would you like it to feel? If you can get to the end and you feel really good, really just like, oh, just let me do all the checks. So I feel good, feel good, feel good. They're all good. Hang out in those areas. Try to start summoning that shit into your life and then be pleasantly surprised in the ways in which it does. Um, that's the most empowering thing I have found. Um, and then be able yeah. to just like ride the turbulence because you're going to get some turby sometime and it's okay. Yeah. You're going to get some turby, but you can relax your body into it. Totally. And I know I know for some people they get really tripped up when it's like just imagine your body feeling good or imagine that good feeling if you got the thing you wanted. And for me, that used to be hard because I didn't know what feeling good in my body meant. Yeah. I didn't realize how fucking disconnected I was from my own body. But just doing simple things like getting acupuncture oh, yeah, can help yeah. you – you do acupuncture? Yeah, I do. Oh, it like I think it heals past timelines. I think something there's good. there's something woo about acupuncture oh, that yeah. we can't scientifically back yet, but I think it heals trauma without actually go, having to go back and relive the trauma. The body is storing it all and even epigenetically. Like the eastern stuff is, is much more mystical than people probably even think. Like that it, I saw some people getting angry at like supplements becoming more popular. And I'm like, like, good? Like, we don't want more options, potentially? Like, it doesn't mean go take some fucking magic brain pill that someone's shilling you, but it means, like, maybe there's some stuff people have known about for millennia that could help us in certain ways. Like, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I am so in love with the herbs. Like that's another thing that helped me manifest because the herbs would help me get safer and feeling calmer in my own body. And I just saw mushrooms like psilocybin mushrooms as the only psychedelic, not realizing that there's different herbs that give you different psychoactive experiences or that can eliminate anxiety. Of course. like I have a running list of witches Xanaxes, you know, things that are just herbal medicines, like motherwort, they call the witches mm. Xanax. So good for the heart, the cardiovascular system. Reishi yep. m- mushroom makes you so calm, but yep. also really good for the heart. And it brings in this like grandmother energy. Totally. Yeah. Kava is so also I'm, good. There's a ton of shit. Yeah. There's like. Oh my God. I like had such a psychedelic experience with Kava. I was going a year sober and I met up with this gorgeous man and we drank a ton of Kava and it made us like so, so sure. Yeah. And so open. And then we went and had sex for like two hours. Like it was, I felt like we were on ecstasy and I don't know if there was like a cosmic connection between us or it's just Kava, but like, that's like my go-to sex drug now. No shit. How about that? (laughs) But we did do it like in really high dose and kava can be hard on the liver. And I thought it was going to die the next day. Fuck. Yeah. But I love this idea of like believing in the mystery, and but at the same time being able to control your reality. One of my favorite witches tells me that one of my superpowers is that I allow the universe to have its way with me. <laughs> and I like, yeah. I do, like I ride the waves. Good. Yeah. Bad, dark. I'll be in this job one day in a totally different timeline the next day. Yeah. You talked about Jesus being pinned to the cross, and I have yet to be pinned, and I don't think I will in this life. But there was a moment in this blockchain job where I was getting some hate, some hate on the witch's street of Lacey's gone to the dark side, the metaverse. The blockchain. How dare. How horror of this all. She's not a real witch. And I was like, really? Because like, I believe this is the merging of what I was talking about with this engine, just for me, right? I think we're all doing this different, like merging, reintegrating with different energies within our own bodies. I think this is why there's such a spotlight on the trans community now and in the queer community. I know there's controversy around it, but in my opinion, I see two spirited people, trans people and queer people as deities, as as the God and the goddess and them bringing the energy of the sun and the energy of the earth in their own body. And by that, I really, and I don't want to generalize what trans people are doing. So it's okay if no one resonates with this or not everyone does, but I truly see them as the bringing like healing to our grid of merging the earth. There's some balancing stuff going there. I mean, how could there not? Yeah. Fucking beautiful. And I think they deserve worship for this. But I think it's like fucking with people because as they're healing the grid, they're making us question our own identities. And I see 2022 as this energy of redefining. We're going to redefine ourselves, redefine our place in the world, redefine how we see death, totally redefine how we see money. And there's been teachers who've been like preparing us for this, but I think this energy of redefinition 
will be implemented in 2022. And again, about writing the stories, I think we're so conditioned. Like when we break up with someone or when we leave a job of, of writing them out, that chapter is over, but nobody, no chapter is ever over. We just constantly redefine that energy. Yeah. Yeah. Try having kids with someone. They're definitely not going to complain. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do. You're in a relationship with them forever. Yeah. And I sort of think like in a bodily way, we're always in a relationship with anyone we've had sex with. I do too. I do Any, too. Anyone we've loved, even if we haven't had sex with them. Uh -huh. Like yep. if you truly love someone, that love doesn't die. Even mm. if you even if they become a dick and you need to redefine your boundaries or you become a dick, whatever. Yeah, there's is. always something. If it's real love, like unconditional, I mean, even if it's not to meant to be in this reality, I mean, that's still love. You can't yeah. deny it. It may be unfortunate. I mean, yeah, I can't. Hard to pin love down at times, but. There's yeah. a quote I'm obsessed with and I don't remember who said it. But she said, I still love everyone I've ever loved, even if I walk across the street to avoid them. And it's like there are people I like totally avoid now, but like love so much. And I think it's because timelines don't die. Like we can still access those timelines within our own physical selves to go back to that person. Yeah. Or that place. I mean, that's that's the truth of it. I mean, if we're we were mentioning before that we're just kind of phasing in and out of awareness of being alive. Like, of course you can timeline, you could go past future, present, whatever you want. I mean, these are things we always have access to. It doesn't go away. It may be harder to access at times or easier to access at times, but even that as a concept can be modulated. Like this is, that's when you get into like the meta meta programming of like what your beliefs are. It also doesn't have to be that complicated. I do think what you're talking about, like I like what you said, the un letting the universe have your way with it, you. I think that's like in general a pretty good way of going about things. Now you can determine where in the universe you want to hang out in. Like you could be in the middle of the ocean in dark, turbulent waters, or you could go to a really cool surfing place where you know maybe it's dangerous, but there's some big fucking waves and you can have a good time. So like we have some ability to place ourselves right in this grid. Um, but yeah, you can't really say like, I only want a big wave now. I would like a medium sized wave. That's not too rough. Like that's not fun. I guess you could do that actually, but like, we get very boring? It's like playing a game, a multiplayer game with yourself, like playing, playing chess against yourself. Like, I guess, yeah, people do that. That sounds horrible to me. Like, I don't know. It's, right? Yeah. And when I was in those dark, turbulent waters and screaming for a life raft and no one threw me a life raft, I was like, I am such a victim in this. Victim Nobody loves me. Victimhood is. This is so fucking painful. <sighs> but like that, that, but then I realized I'm a swimmer. And I was like, oh, shit, I can swim. And I swam to shore even though I didn't see shore right away. And it goes back to what you were saying with self-reliance is I think we have this sort of notion, I think especially like in feminine communities, like feminine best friends, we have this notion of I'm going through trauma or drama. I need you to hold my hand every step of the way as my best friend. And, but 
I think there's this notion of like, hold my hand. I'm the victim right now. You need yeah. to be there for me. Yeah. But I think the greatest thing for me was when my friends didn't show up because I redefined my relationship yeah. with my own self-reliance. Yes, yes, yes. That like, oh, this doesn't mean they're not my friend, but it, I had to remember that I have upper body strength to get me to the shore. That's super dupe. And, like, yeah, keep going, keep going. And and not to resent people for not getting you out of the turbulent waters. That's just been my sort of medicine lately. I think coming from trauma, I have been so ingrained of punishing the people around me if they don't show up for me the way. Which guess what that I, leads to, obviously. What do you think that <laughs> leads to more of, of course? Drowning. It leads to drowning, but then getting yourself out of the water. And I'm so thankful for that. And sometimes when I'm in the dark waters, and I know they'll happen again, it is painful. And we deserve we deserve support when we're in that pain. But if you're in the pain right now, you may like have an opportunity to realize how fucking strong you are to get to the other side. But I hate saying that because it's so spiritual bypassy, but you know. No, but it's true. I mean what you're talking about here with self-reliance and victimhood is probably the hardest lesson that one can face. I've certainly faced it a, a number of times where like, it's really, I don't even want to say easy. It feels right sometimes to be like, I am being victimized. Right. Yeah. And of course there are objective times where you're being victimized and other people are. It's that that's of course a thing that happens. However, being able to cut through that and recognize that your ability to even perceive anything in this reality or any other, as far as I can tell, is very much dependent on your like resonant ability. You you are having a relationship with that. There are some things that you've gone through and I've gone through and other people have gone through that no one else will go through, right? Just yeah. there's not, it could be a similar type of situation, but it's not the same. So being able to recognize like you're ultimately, this is why I mean like when you're really being put through it, when you recognize that's you doing it to you ultimately, probably for a very good reason, even if it feels like the worst thing ever, I know this. I'm in the middle of one of these situations now. It's unlike any other I've ever experienced. It's very difficult, but like I can't give up. I can't blame it on other people or other things. It's just not satisfying at the end of the day because it rings as false. It's far too convenient. It's far too easy. This isn't um, not holding people accountable or recognizing behavior that is wrong or you know violent. It's not any of that. It's just like you have to be the person who energetically shifts your energy towards something else. It could be anything. Yeah. But that's yeah. critical. My guides were like, you're making this make sense for me right now. Because my guides have been telling me like in the last two weeks and I did a – I do like – uh, rambles on my Patreon because I get downloads in the middle of the night and then I just do a live on my Patreon where I just blurt out what my guides have been telling me and sometimes it makes no sense. And I did one of those recently. And I, one of the things my guide said was, 
when I go so deep into the me, I can tap into the we. And now I was like, what does that mean? It's awkward. And as you were saying this stuff about self-reliance, that's not the opposite of community. That's not the opposite it's of just, the collective. No. We have, when we tap so deep in ourselves and realize we can be self-reliant, we can get ourselves to the other side of the shore, we can make our own herbal medicines or grow our own food, or we can figure out finance in a new way on the blockchain, or we can create a masterful art piece or write a poem. Whatever the self-reliance or the thing you can do, that is how you serve the collective. That is how you heal the grid and really show up as a community member. And I keep getting like three energies for 2022. First one is the energy of redefining. The second one is commune and community that like even business models, even businesses that we see as total 3D structures are going to totally change their business model into a community business model where it's not going to be the brand as a transaction to their audience or to their clients. Everything is going to form around this energy of community. And I think a lot of it will be a decentralized global community. But then there will also be parts of the world where the grid goes down and we're literally going to have to commune with the earth and our neighbors in a way that we may not have had to before. And I'm fucking excited about that. The third is the energy of the pay to play, pay to earn. And Dude, pay I'm making so much money <laughs> from this fucking crab and eggs and chickens and fucking all. It's insane. People don't even want to know. Yeah, like, and that's going to, and people like have a lot of hate on it right now. And I understand that there's darker timelines and lighter timelines with everything, but this is going to revolutionize. We're going to be able to redefine how we even see jobs because so many people are going to be being paid just to exist or being paid for their, or being paid to learn or played, paid to play video games. So we get to redefine our energy around work and our energy around community. I think we have a real opportunity here to write the script of the new worlds or implant some of the codes. We're doing it, whether we like it or not, <laughs> we're doing it. I mean, it's good to be mindful uh, of what you're creating in the world and what you're you know, contributing to. Um, yeah, it's the the crypto stuff and the resistance to to any of that stuff is it's there are obviously as with anything legitimate um, grievances and complaints or objections to any emerging technology, but it's so easy to see when people are just like hating and like that's either because they don't understand or they were fed a narrative that just if they took two seconds to look up is clearly like not true. There's a point where you know, you discover all of this stuff and then you, you realize it's true. And then you want to communicate to people in your life that this stuff exists and there's things don't work is different. Then, you know, you try to convince other people and then you're like, that's not working. So let me just try to do it myself. And then enough time in there and it starts to work where you get to the point where you're like, I genuinely, this is how my approach with the, the imagination stuff was like, I didn't market the podcast all of a sudden for imagination. I was just like, all right, you know what? This is like, I believe this, this you know, it's not complicated. Let's just get this shit out there. It's going to be shared. That 
is not predicated on me trying to convince anyone about anything because I, whatever, man, like do whatever you think is right. But like question maybe, maybe there might be another way. And money is such a big stressor for everyone. It doesn't even matter how much you have or don't have. It is a stressor. I'm lucky to say for the most part, I am not stressed out about money anymore. And it's not just because I have more. It's just like it it sits in a different place in my head. That resistance to accepting that money can be one of those things that's like you can modulate and you can change um, fucks a lot of people up. And I don't I, – it sucks, but like all I know is this. Like a lot of my friends who, you know, have listened to me or, you know, paid attention or whatever, we talk about this shit – like I've given out, let's say not a small amount of money this year to people. And I wouldn't do that as like some advertising campaign for crypto. It's just like, yo, I have an ability to do something that I've dreamed of doing my entire life. This is pretty much that situation. I'm not going to like, it, it's fun. Like this shit is super fun. And it really is for people who understand it, pretty egalitarian and pretty like, it's more fair than people would think like yeah. this this environmental meme how it's bad for the environment and how the nfts are the hosing people it's just like just research like a little bit just like don't just don't stop at that that's all i ask and like you know it, it's i think it's going to lead to more people having more money i don't know that that in and of itself is a good thing just because, but I think that also leads to more people who know how to use money effectively as an energy source, having access to money, which is a good thing because the more people who can responsibly use this to create and help and harmonize things, that's good. That's a good thing. And that is, I don't, I think the cat's out of the bag. Like it's too late. You're not putting that back, that one back in. Yeah. Yeah. I just love when all the billionaires, I think I've said this to you before, but it keeps happening. I just like love when Hillary Clinton gets on camera and it's like, cryptocurrency is bad. Bitcoin is bad. I'm like, I am buying Bitcoin today. Today. I, it's just, it, it's so beautiful for me of being in activism a lot of my life. And Believing in the power of the people to see the dollar die is gorgeous to me. And I am here for the celebration of that death. The day I was struggling with this job, I was like, fuck, does this mean I'm not a witch anymore? Because the podcast and doing readings is what I love. You know, I truly believe it's what I meant to do. I believe in art and I believe I can do my art this way. Like this is the love of my life. I don't want to give it up to work on the blockchain at all, but I do simultaneously like learning codes and like feeling like a fly on the wall of this technology that is going to run the new world in my opinion, good or bad. Do you think blockchain tech will? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I, I, think, mean, I think it'll I, be the foundation of a I lot think, of, I, I don't everything, almost everything will move to the block. Uh, I was there. I was there I, four years ago. I was believing that. I don't know. I, I think we're going to have pretty much a nonstop financial influx into currencies that are code-based. Now, I'd make a key distinction between blockchain technology, 
which is a ledger that accumulates transactions over time. So there's many different ways they can function um, that theoretically would be immutable, meaning you can't go and change something that has been recorded in it. Um, and then decentralization could be a component if that's something someone cares about. Um, I'm not sure that that technology in and of itself will be the eventual winner of what the foundational ethos or movements that have been born out of it um, have kind of like that. Yeah. I believe in the blockchain itself, like to be abundantly clear, at least with Bitcoin and Ethereum and a lot of other proof of work blockchains, is just a slower more inefficient database that can't be changed. It's not anything more than that. Now, there, that provides a ton of amazing benefits from security to trust to um, cutting out middlemen if you can interact peer-to-peer. -peer. There's a ton of benefits there, but the things that I'm seeing emerge from various blockchains like uh, L1s in, in particular, which are right now at least improving upon ethereum's experience which is prohibitively expensive for the vast majority of people um there's movements behind there where what you're talking about i think that spirit of uh coming together and creating systems that are more equitable fair where opportunity exists more dispersed across the range not just for people who have already a lot of money i do think that will continue technology wise holy fuck who knows though in 10 years, like blockchain literally could become one of these things we look back on. And this doesn't mean that these companies won't evolve into something else or do a hard pivot into something that's amazing. It's just like, we don't know. It's only been around 10 fucking years. Like, but the spirit of what's emerging from it is amazing. And that's what I'm invested in more than anything else. And I've come full circle probably in terms of my, uh, journey through various cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin Maxi, then Alt Maxi, then, you know, ETH Maxi, then L1 Maxi. So like, just to be clear, my stance on all this shit is magic beans, all magic beans or trading magic beans for magic beans. I don't give a shit what the fuck it does. <laughs> if it pro yeah. provides some type of utility that people can use and benefit from, I don't care if it's play to earn. I don't care if it's data storage. I don't care if it's immutability or decentralization. That will make money. That will improve upon someone's life theoretically. And that will be a profitable endeavor. I I'm now like, I try to figure out, am I just a ruthless capitalist who's playing Robin Hood, which is probably what I believe more than anything now, or someone who genuinely believes in the radical transformation of an economic system. Either way, I think the impact of individuals or small groups of people accumulating a lot of resources in the form of money is inevitable. Um, how that plays out technologically, I don't know. I'm going to keep changing my mind. And I'll move I to whatever works, you. basically. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And I might be like always speaking about this wrong. Be so, and just to be transparent, I'm dumb as fuck with this <laughs> shit. And nobody should listen to me. Like, literally, even the companies that are paying say that. to listen. I'm sure that's right. But, I mean, yes, it is true. But essentially what I'm doing is reading the energy of their brand, reading the energy of yeah. who they are and what they want to do in the world and helping them with that. I thought it was going to be different than me being a witch and really I'm just giving them readings without Basically. pulling out any cards. Um, 
But I agree with what you're saying about blockchain being the foundation and that it could evolve and lead to something else. And I think that that's very that feels very real. I go off feeling, not not logic. I'm not a person who, even though I'm very analytical, I I trust intuitively, and that's what I go with. And intuitively, I think the blockchain, a lot of things are moving to the blockchain. But bigger than the blockchain, we are entering the time of Web3. Oh, yeah. And how now we, this how I agree, we, yes. And when I say blockchain, I'm kind of talking about Web3 and that's, okay. and it, that's where I'm fucking it's up. This huge, huge difference. Blockchain underpinning technology, right, that guides a lot of these applications that then can run dApps and other things on top of them. Web3 layman's breakdown is right now we have these siloed off entities on the web where we go and we sign up for them and we get an email and we confirm and now we're part of that thing that's web two that's how everyone you know who's ever made money in tech up till the past couple of years has made their money there's a huge vested in you guys see jack dorsey not liking web three so much vc's all in it that's literally how everything worked before then Web3 is an interesting idea which will be exploited and controlled and but also has enough power behind it that is very interesting where it's you have your digital identity. You carry that around with you autonomously and interact with what you choose to interact with. That's a fundamental shift. That means if you are uh, per- perhaps reading a news story somewhere, you will be compensated ideally in this forum for engaging with that. If you create content, if you create art, if you create something, there's a better route for compensation for everyone. I mean, we see this just with airdrops. All these web people hate it. It's like airdrops this year from people who just interacted with fucking protocols. They didn't do anything really. They just interact with them. Could be six, seven figures for people. And it's like, that's the web three um, model. model right now. And there is, to be fair, a lot of these structures are incentivized. There's huge pools of money allowing this model to prosper. I just think ultimately it makes more sense to have your digital identity. I mean, this is also can go very big brotherish in 1984 where like now we're like have this identity and that could be, you know, compromised, whatever. So I don't care too much about that shit. It's inevitable the way I see it. But it is something that would be more, it seems like it has the potential to be more fair and brands and businesses and people who are genuinely just trying to attract people to cool stuff, they sh- that will work for them very well, I think, because that's going to be a felt thing like what you're talking about. You can feel it intuitively when there's a connection there. That's why successful brands work, um, where it's not just throwing marketing dollars at something and blasting people with it in front of their face, which doesn't work so well. It does still work, but it's not as not as much as it used to. Web3 is, is pretty exciting stuff. Um, and Web3 has been brewing for a while. And I've been like in Twitter spaces working with artists all over the world, NFT artists, kind of incognito. And I like the idea of being incognito. Who doesn't? Or like, yeah, and like playing with your identity in that space. And I've seen such beautiful community within what Web3 is. And this was before scary Facebook turned into meta and they're trying to like stick their brand all over the metaverse. But the metaverse is 
in my opinion, like a ginormous universe, right? And I see Meta or Facebook as a dark death planet in the metaverse. But there's also different planets within that. And I think if if our mind is creating reality, if our imagination is creating reality, then we have some fucking power in what the metaverse is. And I'm not just going to subscribe to that it's dark or bad or 1984. And the reason I'm not going to just subscribe to that is because I believe like podcasts are like the beginning of the metaverse. Like before we knew the word metaverse, podcasts were creating digital communities. Horpod has a thriving community where we all gather and do uh, poetry nights on my Patreon, where we make herbal medicines on my Patreon, where people get on video with me and share what they're going through in their life. Or I do readings for my patrons like live. And this is the metaverse. And these people aren't just subscribed to having a digital identity. They're showing like their bodies on camera and they're making physical herbal earth magic medicine. And it doesn't mean we have to deny the earth to be tapped into more of a global decentralized community. How many people got power by being able to share their art on Instagram or to sell readings on Instagram or promote their podcast or their poetry. And I think that scares the powers at B. So I think the PR campaign to get us completely scared of the metaverse, that it's going to be this video game we put on over our eyes and we all turn into Wally or don't move. And I think that's a timeline. I think that's real and it's something we should be conscious of. But I would say most people who are in the Horpod community or like your community, like people who listen to Synchronicity, they're on Telegram, right? And they talk about cryptocurrency. Discord, and Discord. Are, yeah, I meant Discord, not Telegram. You're, Discord, so much, you're so deep in the crypto game, you're defaulting to Telegram. <laughs> I know. And the, so they're on Discord. Like Discord's part of the metaverse, you know? I consider my podcast part of the metaverse. And most of the people I interact with like live off the grid, are growing their own foods, are herbalists, are healers of the earth. And they're also meeting each other in the physical reality. And they're not just locked up and in their home. I just think it's really important that we don't just see technology as evil yeah. because, because it's an algorithm that we're controlling, just like reality. Right. And, and it's really weird to me. A lot of people who build their business on technology or social media now deem it as dark. And well, I still think that like, <laughs> that's not weird. There's a tendency in people that we've all been through at some point where if something is adapting and changing and we don't feel like we understand it, there's an attempt to demonize it or say it's bad. It's just, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just, you can't get stuck in that because eventually everyone who hated Instagram five, six years ago, you're on Instagram now, or you were now that's not yeah. cool. You're on Snapchat. That if that wasn't cool, I was on TikTok, like, I don't know, like two, three, pretty soon after it came out and everyone was like, you're an idiot. Like, what are you just watching? Like teenagers and girls? I was like, you're like the coolest thing ever. Now, of course, 
everyone fucking watches TikTok because it's good shit on TikTok because it's cool. Like it's you don't you can't fight this stuff. The metaverse is probably gonna be dope. It's probably gonna be really cool. It's probably gonna be lame. It's just like every other experience you have digitally or otherwise. Like it's up to you to figure out is this something that you enjoy because you were told to enjoy it, or it's just you don't think you have any other options, or do you not want know what you actually enjoy? Can you pursue those things and make those like places you want to hang out with and people you want to hang out with? So like, I I also like, I try to step back and not remove myself and be like, those people are judging everyone because I do it all the time. But I am surprised how quickly people can get riled up about shit that doesn't matter for them. You don't like the metaverse? Don't go in the metaverse. You'll I'll see you there later when you decide that it's not so bad. <laughs> Whatever. Like it's like, you know what I mean? Like I don't know what to tell you. Like hate it. Be don't be on it. If that's cool, I respect that decision too. You don't have to participate in whatever it is. I'm not rushing to jump in the metaverse, but like I don't know. Just hang out with people you like. Do the shit that you think think helps you and the people in your life you care about. That's like that's it. It's going to work out. People will realize this sooner rather than later. And if you want to be dragged, kicking and screaming, complaining how everything's horrible the whole time, all right. It's like a kid who's having a temper tantrum. We all go through them too. It's just like, I don't think everyone's going to be hanging out there forever. Things are getting better. This is much more fair. We would have been fucked. Even 10 years ago, we would have been fucked. There's a real blockchain way to make money. We'd have to try, like, try to make it with what? Stocks, multi-level marketing scams. Like, we don't have those skills. It's like now it's just like, oh, I'm going to fucking breed these crabs and make money and fucking buy this shit because some guy told me to buy it. And oh, I'm rich now. Great. Cool. It's just like you got to know and fully believe that you're going to have like all the money you need for as long as you yeah. live. That's it. Yeah. And I like love that. I can, I've experienced extreme poverty and experienced not extreme poverty. And I like love that we are adaptable as beings. And part of the metaverse is this energy of adaptation. And I just think I want people to feel powerful in that. Powerful in like choosing not to do it or powerful in choosing it and knowing that they're helping mold a new reality right now. And it scares me that a lot of people just want to take the back seat and not really like jump just because this is their opportunity. Not that the scary venture capitalists won't come in or the lizard people or whatever. Maybe they're already there. But it's like, if you're a magic bean, I want you there too. You know, like I want you. They'll be there. Everyone will be there. No one's no one's getting left behind. If I do anything or bring spells to this blockchain space, I want it to be so fucking intentional and not for someone else's magic. I think we have to be careful of like whose magic we're boosting just by being in the same room. I hear like, you. I believe I'm a god and that I bring magic into a room just by being there. So I'm only uplifting things that are in alignment with me. That did not feel like in alignment, but it was a good lesson of, oh, fuck, reality's not real. I just created this. It is. It's so true. It's so fucking true. Well, thank you, Noah. I love talking with you. And I always keep you very, very long. I I enjoy it. I love it. Um, But yeah, you're the best. My pleasure to come on. 
so much love to you. Everybody knows you, but just in case they don't, where can they find you? And are you still doing your podcast? Yeah, that's How's the question. It it's okay. good. I do two a month. The Patreon is a ghost town of me directing them to the Discord and me interacting with people there. Uh, I am all set up. My studio is almost done. Um, and we're going to be doing actually some really cool shit this year. But yeah. Uh, it, that's so exciting. I'm manifesting a trip to New York. Come, please. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> Okay. Thank you for being here. Love you. All right. Love you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Who are the witches? Where do they come from? Maybe your great-great-grandmother was one. Witches are wise, wise women, they say. And each and every one of us are witches today. Oh, 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 oh,